0: Hello, we want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. Between job boards and social media, it can be a daunting task. to Determine the best place to post your job opening. And when you are trying to figure that out, we highly recommend FindMeCandidates.com for just $4.99 a month with absolutely no contract. You can get your... Job listed in the most popular job boards and more importantly, in premium placement on those job boards. You can't get this anywhere else. It's an excellent service to get more candidates to fill the position for your company. Go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit employerblueprint.com. As leaders in our business, I think it's also important that we become leaders in our community and we find ways to to give back and be a part of the community and kind of the fabric of the community in which we reside, whether you're in a small market or a large market, it uh, really doesn't matter. There are ways to get involved. There are organizations that need help and support and assistance and, and they need advocates out in the community. And so there are ways to find things that either you're passionate about or, uh, or find uh, things that you can do even within the business community in areas that can give back, such as, um, you know, junior achievement and, uh, and things like this, that even just giving back your um, your business knowledge, I think is so incredibly important for us as leaders uh, because we've got so much information and knowledge and real world experience that when we're able to share that with others um, and whenever we're able to share our, our influence as business leaders uh, to help support uh, other organizations, it's It can be life-changing for others and even life-changing for ourselves. Uh, On today's episode, I was just very pleased and had a great time sitting down uh, with a gentleman named Kirk, Kirkpatrick. And Kirk is is a leader in my local community, um, and has really been kind of a staple and, uh, and, and a huge advocate for this community as a whole. Um, there's not an event that you go to that he isn't involved with and he isn't a part of. And the things that he's done to really shape this community, um, have really been incredible. And that's why I thought it would be so great to have him on. I mean, just an amazing personality and, um, and a wonderful career story as well that you'll get to hear, but the way he's gotten engaged in his community, the way that he has, um, impacted the community in such positive ways and and things that he's done to bring recognition uh, to the community, and things that he 's done to help support organizations within this city have really been incredible, and I think it 's a great motivation for others just to see and understand what can be done out there whenever we 're intentional about being part of the community. so um, what i 'm encouraging you to do is, is uh, listen to kirk 's information today, thinking in terms of how do you, as a business leader in your community, how do you get involved, get engaged locally, maybe statewide, maybe nationally? But, how do you get involved and engaged in a way that you too can can give back in your community? How can you support those around you? So uh, please be sure to subscribe to the show so you can get the latest episodes. We've got some very exciting things coming up over the next couple of weeks uh, that I'm looking forward to sharing with you that have been in the works for quite some time and uh, enjoy today's episode with Kirk. On today's episode we've got uh, Kirk Kirkpatrick and obviously um, most of you on the show know that I'm, I'm based out of a, a mid-sized market in Western Kentucky called Owensboro and Kirk has really kind of embodied the personality of Owensboro and, and in a lot of ways um, has uh, sort of shaped the personality and the culture of, of who this community is. And, um, something that is so incredibly important in all of our careers is to be able to be a part of the community and be involved in the community. And, um, and so I want to go through and share with everyone some of the, uh, some of the things that Kirk has accomplished in his career and just kind of go through his bio, because I I think it's really important to understand kind of who we have here, um, to be able to share with all of you all over the country and, and be able to understand how you may be able to get engaged in your own communities. So, um, Kirk joined Waxworks Video Works back in 1984 as a sales manager. Um, which uh, there were some other things kind of in his career that, that that helped shape who he is and some of the things that he still does today. But um, but from a from a real career perspective, this was. Uh, what I would say kind of a, a big launching point for him in 1988 became the vice president of that company and um, In that year alone sold over hundred million dollars of home video products so for those that aren't aware waxworks video works as, as Kirk was sort of describing is um, Is a, a media distribution company? So think before the digital age that we're in now where you're listening to this on your phone um, when you you know still had DVDs and cassettes and and record players Um, He became the president and CEO of the River Park Center Foundation, which in Owensboro is a, 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 um, a large entertainment space. He did that in 2001 uh, for a couple of years, but actually ended up going back to Waxworks as the president of the company. And while there, he represented major Hollywood studio brands such as Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Sony, 20th Century Fox, and has even appeared several times on QVC promoting and selling DVDs. So um, go back and check that out or maybe ask your parents and see if they bought any of those while Kirk was on there. Uh, he celebrated... <laughs> Thirty-seven consecutive years as the master of ceremonies for his local chamber of commerce monthly meeting, which um, you know, in its peak, which which I would say we're probably still in today, um, you know, easily draws three to four hundred people in it every single month, which is very impressive uh, for a chamber of commerce. And so, served as the MC for thirty-seven consecutive years up until two thousand fourteen. He was named the uh, recipient of the chamber's Joe Lowe Communicator Award in two thousand thirteen, and Member of the Year for his local chamber in nineteen. 2000 and again in 2005 uh, only person to earn this distinction three times also served on the board of directors for and get ready we're going to list some things here Junior Achievement, River Park Center, Downtown Owensboro, March of Dimes, WNIN-TV Kentucky Council for Economic Education, Cliff Hagen's Boys and Girls Club ODCH Foundation, co-chairman of Owensboro Crime Commission Owensboro Senior Citizens Center and headed up a $100,000 fundraising drive for the Wendell Foster Center for Developmental Disabilities. Here on this star award for volunteerism, and was awarded both certificate of outstanding service and mayor's award for excellence, which is the highest honor bestowed by the city of Owensboro for community involvement. He was the founder and executive director of Owensboro's Friday After Five, which is a free concert series that draws hundreds, if not thousands, of people uh, every week in the summer months. Um, and uh, he was named twice the honorary judge executive. Kirk was the producer for an All-American City presentation that actually brought that designation to Owensboro in 2013 and served as the interim leader and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce in 2014 and 15 and inducted into the Hall of Excellence for the Owensboro school system in 2016. He is a former graduate and uh, later was a day chair for Leadership Owensboro which honored him the Outstanding Community Involvement Award in 2001, former president of the Fourth of July Summer Festival, center board member for the Owensboro Dance Theater, co-chair of Philanthropy Day for the Association of Fundraising Professionals, chairman of the Mayor's Cable TV Advisory Committee, founder and board member of Owensboro's Friday After Five, and uh, the Owensboro Realtors' Prestigious Heritage Award. Now, I say all of that, and I want you to remember as well, president of uh, a very large company based right here in Owensboro, Kentucky. And uh, and I don't want to forget this because I would say of all the things on here, I may miss out on what potentially or what Kirk is most proud of. Married uh, to uh, the former Diane Dixon and has one daughter, Kelsey, who also graduated from the University of Kentucky and uh, is an anchor for the ABC, ABC affiliate out of Louisville, Kentucky. So, I've spent five minutes going through uh, his biography. Thank you, Tyler. That's
1: all the time we have. Um, Hope you'll join in the next podcast. Uh,
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, so before I want to dive into some of this, Kirk, and just some of the. You know, just all the the amazing community involvement that you've had. But before we do, why don't you tell us just a little bit more on the professional side of uh, kind of where your career took you and and how you got to where you were in your career?
1: Well, you know, when I was uh, in junior, well, actually elementary school, I was a show off, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, back in the 60s. Uh, I actually uh, was asked to. MC, when I was, I think it was probably in the fourth grade, Mm. fifth grade, they had a Popeye movie show every Saturday morning at the Malco Theater, right across the street from your offices. And on Saturday mornings, you could get in free if you were a kid and you had six bottle caps, RC bottle caps. Well, they asked me to MC, I'd introduce the cartoons and then the Mm. movie, and that would be fun. Did that during the summer. Well. That paid $30 a Saturday, and you know, in 1964, wow. I was a Real rich money. kid, yeah. 30 bucks, yeah. man, that was something. So uh, I enjoyed, I said, this, I'm going to try to do more of this. Yeah. Um, so that kind of gave me um, uh, an opening, if you will, to being in front of the public, and toning down the show-off part and trying to become a little bit more professional. Mm -hmm. Although at the time, I was dressed in a sailor outfit. I do have a picture (laughs) of that for um, the Popeye cartoon show. Mm -hmm. You know, after college, I... Uh, really got, I, I was working summers in construction about 30 miles from here. So I would drive to work mm-hmm. at seven, get there at 730, haul bricks mm-hmm. all day for a bricklayer. Yeah. And with all these football players, you know, I was about 140 pounds and all these <laughs> other guys. And I remember driving to work and back and listening to the radio station. Mm-hmm. And the guy on the radio, I thought, man, look, he's not out in the sun hauling bricks yeah. he's probably sitting down mm-hmm. which is a in an air-conditioned studio <laughs> playing music
0: yeah
1: that's what i want to do sure. so i did a little homework i went out i interviewed they gave me a job i was there for a summer intern then a full-time job and i was there for 10 years wow. first as a disc jockey and that kind of got old after a couple of years mm-hmm. so here's something I think is interesting and I encourage other people to do. I was a disc jockey. What, you know, that low guy on the totem pole, honestly. The sales department is great. Marketing is great. All, and we had just started a cable television system uh-huh. here in Owensboro, yeah. it was one of the first... In fact, it was the char- It was a charter member, the first cable television station in the United States what? to have HBO, yeah. the Disney Channel, CNN, ESPN, uh, wow. right on down the line, very forward, because yeah. it was on satellite. It wasn't just microwave as mm-hmm. it was in the North. Anyway, I remember thinking, I just don't want to sit here and play records the rest yeah. of my life. So I made a job description, mm-hmm. invented a new position, mm-hmm. and I took it to my boss at the time, Bob Steele was his name, I still remember. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, you know, I was 23, I maybe. And I said, Mr. Steele, um, here is a new position that you need to create here. Yeah. And I... I'm the perfect candidate. And (laughs) what I told him, I said, you know, you have these radio stations, you have a group of them, and you have this new cable TV system. Mm -hmm. The radio stations ought to be promoting cable, sign up for cable TV, which was very new at the time. Cable, you know, it costs $10 a month, Mm -hmm. and you got maybe five channels, extra channels or six, but it was... uh, interference free that was the big deal yeah. so i said and you need somebody in cable tv that will promote the two radio stations yeah. on cable so that you know you have this huge people would pay anything to have this much contact with the public yeah. he said i like your idea hmm. I think I'll hire you. So I, I Perfect. took, I created my own job there, yeah. and as part of it, uh, because I was representing the television stations and radio station, mm-hmm. I became involved with the Chamber of Commerce because yeah. you know our goal was to get as many people to know about us as possible. Right. I went to this chamber meeting uh, at the bottom of a restaurant. They probably thirty or forty people there, mm-hmm. all white. Old bankers and me, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. really, that was about it. The yeah. Chamber of Commerce then, and one year they, um, uh, the MC of the program mm-hmm. actually became chairman of the of the um, chamber. So they couldn't be MC. They asked me to do it, and I ended up doing it for that year, and then yeah. the next thirty six years. Yeah. and it can it yeah. grew so great over those areas, Absolutely. over those uh, years. And that really instilled me to remain involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Because I was a member of the chamber, I got to know all of the business people, not just mm-hmm. the ones that we did business with.
0: Right.
1: So it was a great uh, introduction to community involvement and um, it was a, a, a great boost for me personally to be able to become involved with nonprofits as well as other businesses Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well so um you know from there uh your your career with waxworks i know that played a big role in in your community involvement as well um what led you into that industry and 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 really kind of growing a passion for that over so many years
1: well radio and tv were great and Mm -hmm. it, it really honed my skills to communicate and i think again, pointed out the importance of one-to-one personal relationships. We had phones back then and fax machines, believe it or not. (laughs) But uh, there was nothing better than getting out and meeting and talking to people. And I learned the importance of that. One of the people that I met, his name was Terry Woodward, and mm-hmm. he had this great little company called Waxworks. They were a record distributor. Back yeah. when there were record stores, you'd buy, if you were a record store, you'd buy records from a distributor and then sell them to customers. Mm-hmm. So we we were the middleman, if you will. Yeah. Well, he had just started a new business because VHS tapes had just come mm-hmm. out. And yeah. those of you that grew up in the 80s and 90s, I'm sure remember video <laughs> rental stores. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where they got the tapes from us. And we saw sold, by the time I got there, it was really starting to grow, and it was just an incredible Growth. He kept reinvesting into the company. Mm -hmm. When we started, there were probably 60 distributors. When I left, there probably were only five in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were always chosen as, oh, well, they'll be the next one to fold. And yet we stay because of our personal relationships. And I think that's one of the things I want to get across to your listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, With social media and the ability to communicate with so many people, no one had a better opportunity to communicate than I did when I was on the radio because people would listen to your show. They'd know who you were knew your voice anyway. But it still was that personal one-on-one, let's sit down, have lunch, look you in the eye, Mm -hmm. and put something together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably more important today than ever before.
0: Yeah. Well, I would agree. That's one of the the downsides to the social media world is we are – loosely connected to so many people that we don't have any roots or depth with anybody Mm -hmm. and um and and you're right especially you know from a business perspective or from a career perspective being able to build some roots and really get to know people um you know the the power that is just in having a lunch with someone or sitting down face to face across a desk from someone um we, we start to lose some of that in this Uh, in this digital world and even you know i spend a lot of my time meeting people um, through video conference and there's still just so much that's that's better than just being on the phone or certainly through texting but it's still not the same as really just being in a room and getting getting the opportunity to to build a connection with someone
1: well i think too everyone has such a compelling story Mm -hmm. of their own life you know i was very fortunate uh two sisters that are older and one younger brother, Mm -hmm. had a great mom and dad. My dad was in World War II. He Mm -hmm. was a bombardier for a Mm B-17. He was shot down, uh, was a prisoner of war there for two years, uh, came back, um, met my mom. Actually, uh, they were met and married before he left for the war, but my mom was so different because she was an only child incredibly independent. Uh, Mm -hmm. Her mom and dad lived here, but when she was 14, she went to go visit her uncle in California. I mean, took the train across Mm -hmm. the country Mm -hmm. to go meet him in California. And I've got a great picture. I don't have a picture of her uncle, but she took a picture with uh, another guy that was out there that was trying to get something started up there, Mm -hmm. Walt Disney. And I've got a picture of my mom and Walt Disney. It's probably 1938 or 39. He was working on Snow White at the time. And there's a picture of... Kim and uh, my mom. I just came across that. I'd heard the story, yeah, but not yeah. seen the picture. So wow. when we grew up in the sixties, we were very independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you'd leave school and you'd get home at five thirty because you'd go to somebody's house, ride bikes around, and right, all that. Right. So uh, I had that that real advantage of a loving mm-hmm. family and, and um, brothers and sisters. Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes a big difference having having uh, quality relationships. Well, so, uh, Kirk, as you look back and you, you think about kind of the journey that you've been on, um, are there any people that stand out specifically as kind of mentors that have helped shape who you are or help uh, helped kind of navigate your career with you? I think there, uh, there are several. I
1: think your bosses always, whether you want them to be or not, mm-hmm. end up being um, – mentors in that you see what they do and you either like it or not. Right. Uh, Bob Steele, who was, had, had very little to do with radio, but he loved the fact that, that I and several others had a passion for what they did. Right. And, you know, I think when I said I made up my own job, I still have the job description, the pitch that <laughs> I made to him. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you, you think back, I think, that's pretty gutsy, a, a, a College graduate, only been there for a year, say, hey, I have another job for me, and here right. it is. Yeah, uh, I think he encouraged me to do that because I had really thought it out and told him how I thought it could make a difference, and right. it did. In Terry Woodward's case, uh, when you're dealing with um, national companies, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with huge conglomerates like Disney right. and... Um, Sony and uh, Columbia and Fox and yeah. Warner Brothers. These uh, companies really don't care about anything but the bottom line, honestly, at that right. level. So it's very important that you do well successfully. And mm-hmm. Terry pointed that out, and, and we always looked at the profitability. Yeah. But he realized, and I think, in large case, our success was due on the relationships I was able to to make with the studio executives. You know, uh, being from, all of the other uh, distributors were from New York and Atlanta, there was Mm -hmm. one in Nashville, Denver, Seattle, and then Owensboro, Kentucky. And so we stood out with uh, the possibility of being, well, you know, do we even, we haven't heard of that town, so why do we want a distributor there? But, the success and the again relationships really mm-hmm. made a big difference.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and I think uh, there were others. I'll, I'll tell you one. When I first, when I was doing the first MC job, and, and once again, I'm you know really off my feet here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy here called Waitman Taylor. Uh-huh. He was uh, um, a community leader years and years and yeah, years. Yeah. And I really did not do a very good job the first couple of months. But he sent me a note, and he said, you know, I really think that you can make a difference in this organization. Mm -hmm. I want you to stick with it. Mm -hmm. He could tell that I was uncomfortable and that I was going through a learning (laughs) mode, trying to be uh, humorous, but also professional at the same time. But that letter of encouragement, Mm -hmm. uh, I still remember. That's probably been 45 years ago. So I think when you reach out, to someone that is new in a position, or mm-hmm. new in town, to give them a little encouragement, it means a lot more than you can imagine. I, oh, I think all of us, if someone says, you know, um, I didn't like what you did there, whatever, it really sticks with you, sure. you know, you really yeah. want, the same is true for compliments and true encouragement. So yeah. being a mentor is almost more important than having one.
0: Yeah, that's, that's excellent advice. Um, you know, there's something that you said in there that I think is really important for um, for the audience to hear. And, and you know, you mentioned that um, whether formally or informally or whether intentional or, or unintentional, um, our boss always becomes some sort of mentor. I mean, they will help shape who we are. And, um, and I think it's important for people to hear that if you're in that boss role, especially because, um, you know, something that I teach is kind of these foundations of management and that Um, we, we've got to become selfless from day one, whenever we take on that type of responsibility in our business, um, our, our decisions must be focused on other people now and not necessarily what's best for us. And this is one of the big reasons why, because, um, when you take on that responsibility of being the boss of someone, when you take on that type of, um, um, accountability for someone, uh, you will shape who they are. And you will shape um, their job satisfaction. More importantly, you're going to shape their personal satisfaction and, um, and you're going to help kind of define who they are. What you want to make sure that you are creating as the boss in that situation is when they look back, they say, Oh, I learned so many great things from this person, not, Oh, I learned all the things I don't want to do because of this person. <laughs>
1: well, you can learn both, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. But I think one thing that helped me, both Bob and Terry and Waiteman and others that helped me, always encouraged me to remain involved in the community. So when a project came up, and I was probably... 35 or so. Uh, we have a bridge over the Ohio River here mm-hmm. in Owensboro. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. bridge. And um, someone came up with the idea why don't we put lights on it? Mm-hmm. And uh, the committee that I was on, downtown Owensboro Incorporated, had yeah. about $200 in the bank. <laughs> and I remember David, whose idea it was, oh, yeah. it would make such a big difference. And I said, well, how much is it going to cost? Mm-hmm. And he said, $50,000. Yeah. And I said, are you crazy? We, you know, <laughs> last year, what our committee did was get a payphone at the gazebo down at the river. That was that was yeah, our accomplishment. That was, that was How can we one. do that? Yeah. But this guy had so much passion, it was it it almost just became your own passion. Yeah. And after a year and a half. Um, he had raised all the money. We wow. sold bulbs. You know, people, you know, you mm-hmm. paid $500 for a bulb mm-hmm. and, and then other corporations. It really rolled. And when mm-hmm. they lit the bridge, it truly transformed downtown Onsboro. Yeah. It became an iconic signature. It's difficult to monetize it. Yeah, yeah. But that progress of starting with an idea that mm. seemed virtually impossible. It really did. I, yeah. I mean, I've tried, I've taken on some things, but this was crazy. <laughs> um, and today, what is really incredible The light, they painted the bridge here Mm -hmm. uh, just a couple of years ago, and something went wrong with the lights, so they had to turn the lights off. Everyone missed it so much that they are relighting the bridge this year with all LED lights, and it really will become the signature um, component of downtown Owensboro. This bridge, as you can imagine, crosses the Ohio River, Mm -hmm. and it'll be red, white, and blue on Fourth of July, yeah. and it'll be all green on St. Patrick's Day. I like yeah. to call it St. Kirkpatrick's Day. But <laughs> kind of, so that that was a good project.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is really neat, and it's um, yeah, that be, that becomes such an I- iconic. Um, uh, kind of a uh, picture for for what that downtown and and i know um you know again especially for those that aren't familiar with uh with the Owensboro market there's been a lot of investment and a lot of time and energy spent on kind of revitalizing this downtown area which is beautiful right on the ohio river and um, and so to be able to um, help kind of paint that landscape uh really does make a big difference in, in creating just a wonderful view well um, i
1: think it started a momentum of people believing things impossible things could be done when I grew up here uh, downtown the river was the last place you really wanted to go I mean Mm -hmm. it was it was not inviting per se now um, with what well over $100 million, close to $300 million in public mm-hmm. and private investment. Yeah. The the park alone that's oh, on yeah. the river uh, has been named the number one park in the world. Yes, yeah. uh, it is, it fully, uh, it's three blocks long. Mm-hmm. It's right on the river. You have to see it to believe it. It's called Smothers Park. Mm-hmm. But that momentum that started with the bridge lighting in addition really makes a difference. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I have one other example I'd like to use, and I think this is great for our listeners. Uh, When I was working downtown, Mm -hmm. it was really blighted. There were, I mean, boarded-up shops. Uh, Everybody's seen uh, what it was in smaller towns. Mm -hmm. uh, But once the bridge was lit and then more investment came, it started kind of a snowball. I remember after work saying, I would go to this bar downtown, one of the few, mm-hmm. and especially after work on Friday, and everybody would be there. There'd be, you know, it could only hold maybe a hundred people, but there mm-hmm. were probably two hundred people yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Friends, you'd have a drink, just be able to end the week. It was yeah. just kind of fun. And after a while, that that bar closed, and I thought, you know, what a great! I wish we had some place like that to go. Yeah. So um, a few of us got together and said, why don't we start a music festival? right here on on the river mm-hmm. every Friday in the summer, have a band, mm-hmm. and it would just be a gathering place for families. It's not just a place right. to go to drink. It's a real family. Yeah. Come stay as long as you want. It's free. Enjoy the mm-hmm. river. Enjoy the bridge. You know, all of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's 35 years later, Friday <laughs> After Five has now become a 16-week a budget a year, a free family-oriented concert. They probably have five or six different bands virtually the entire mile of downtown. It didn't happen overnight, but by growing every month, or growing every year, Mm -hmm. that's something that really changed the mentality Mm -hmm. of our community, I think. It did, absolutely. Because... Everyone comes. It doesn't matter your social, economic. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your age. Mm -hmm. There are grandparents bringing their kids. There are people that, that after work, came down to meet Mm -hmm. other people, have a drink, eat one of the food trucks, Mm -hmm. and just enjoy one-on-one relationships. And um, I think that success is something that was completely invented and created by a few people that saw what it could do mm-hmm. and then it exceeded its expectation
0: yeah yeah, I, I, one of the things that I found interesting the first time I uh, went to a Friday After Five um, was right before I moved to Owensboro, and so it was probably around 2009 ish. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember making the comment then. Uh, I, I went with my in laws, and um, and I made the comment then. I said, "Well, this is really interesting because there's such a just just." It's such a diverse group, you know. I expected because my in-laws invited us. I expected it to be all their age group, you know, and that's something that they do on Friday nights. But to see that you had, um, you know, college students, and you had grandparents, and you had everything in between, um, it, it was. It's such a neat thing. And you're right. It, it really uh, that that is. It's kind of an icon of the community in the summer of knowing. You know, you hear there's buzz about it all the time of people talking about it, and um, um, and and I think that's a great testament to seeing, uh, you know, a situation like you were in there to say, well, the community lacks something. What can we do to help um, fill this void and not necessarily set out to say, oh, well, let's create a $250,000 budget deal with six <laughs> bands, <laughs> but just what can we do to fill this void of giving people uh, a, a community um, uh, event on Fridays after work and and then allow, uh, allow the market to dictate what happens with it from there.
1: That's right. It's been embraced uh, Of course, everything is free because Mm -hmm. we, that was our mantra, is that it's got to be fun, free, family, and friends. Yeah. And if it meets all four of those criteria, we're in. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of other little things that make a difference with it, too. We have, there's a street fair, so there Mm -hmm. are booths uh, where you can buy things and, you know. But we made it part of our policy that if you're a nonprofit, if you're Puzzle Pieces, if Mm -hmm. you're uh, the Wendell Foster Center or Mm -hmm. Girls, Inc., you can have a booth every week at no charge. Mm. We know how difficult it is for nonprofits to participate financially in something this large. So we think that's very... We're a nonprofit, too. Uh, So we have really tried to embrace the nonprofit community and, mm-hmm. and helped a lot of them get their message out sure. while yeah. making it a fun uh, event as well. Yeah. And if you're interested in starting something like that in your mm-hmm. community, because there are now, I Googled it up just a couple of weeks ago, there <laughs> yeah. are 17 Friday After Fives now. Wow. Uh, Throughout the United States, some charge and mission, they're not exactly like ours. But they get the idea of why it's important to have a gathering place, Mm -hmm. uh, multi-generational, that is enjoyable and fun and maybe you don't have a river in your hometown but i'm sure that there's a place that uh would work and there Fridayafter5.com is where you can get some information if you're interested in maybe starting something like Mm -hmm. that because it really has made a difference i think in bringing our community together in many ways
0: yeah i I agree i mean there there there's so many times that uh in those summer months that that that's that's what you kind of look forward to, or that's what you talk to people about. Is um, hey, what's going on this weekend? Or especially, um, you know, for me, originally being out of town, you know, I'll talk to friends from out of town. Hey, let's get together this weekend. I'll tell you what, come over. We'll go down to Friday after five. We'll spend a couple hours down there and join some free music and a drink or two. And it's it is a it's just a great way to kind of kick off that weekend. And um, uh, and, and you all have done a great job in, in creating something so memorable for the community. You know, on this community piece, Kirk, you've you've spent. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, when we when I, I kind of read through all of those things you've done over the years, it certainly is a whole lot more than just simply um, you know volunteering to emcee at a chamber event uh, forty years ago. It's um, there's been so much that's really been uh, it, it's been just part of the fabric, kind of the core value of who you are. Um, what do you think? Early in the in in those years, when most of us are focusing on career and family, um, what was it about? That community involvement that pushed you so much into being involved and engaged and trying to you know find opportunities to volunteer and to give back as opposed to that focus on what's my next career step and you know taking care of my my wife and daughter. Well,
1: I think you'll find very quickly no matter what your career is, and I listen. We we were spending fifty and sixty hour weeks at work that for sure mm-hmm. during uh, the heyday, but you find out that when you are working with a passion for something that you like to do. Mm-hmm. You, it's not work. It truly is rewarding. You know, back when I was um, uh, doing early MC work uh, as a radio disc jockey and others, I realized real quickly a lot of people can't do that. Mm-hmm. Many people are really scared of talking to a crowd or standing up in front of three or 400 people every month and entertaining them while moving a program along. Right. And I didn't appreciate that. Well, you know, that's kind of a talent that I have because I sure don't have it in bookkeeping (laughs) or in electronics or biology. Right. And so I found that by connecting the right people, um, people want to help. Mm -hmm. There are things that they can do. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be an MC. They don't want to be on a stage. They don't want to organize a bake sale, Mm -hmm. but they are great with numbers and bookkeeping. So here's a nonprofit that could really use your help in just managing the books. These people are trying to teach kids how to um, play yeah. musical instruments and in right. a choir group. They're not experts in bookkeeping, and they need your help. Yeah. So whatever your expertise is, uh, it can be used for good mm-hmm. as well as a, a profit motive. Yeah. And I think, as I, t- I told you earlier, Kyle, you'll end up later on in life really having a grander, appreciation for what you did for others than what you did for your business yeah uh you have to have a successful career to be able to make that opportunity Mm -hmm. available but with supporters that i had as my bosses that encouraged me to remain in the community and involved it made a big difference yeah
0: and do you think that along with that um you know, the, the community involvement and just the engagement that you had, how did that actually help support your career as well? Um, you know, obviously, we talked a lot about the connections that you get to build and the relationships you build through that. And and so that community involvement is um, certainly I, I think you have to go into that with a servant's heart and you have to go into it um, selflessly. And I think that that's probably one of the mistakes some people make is they think, oh, well, I'm going to sign up for these organizations because of how it can benefit me. We have to go into it knowing this is how I can benefit them. But if you go into it with the right mentality, as you've done through the, through the course of your career, how has that actually helped you on the professional side as well?
1: Well, it was difficult on the professional side because so many of the people that we dealt with, we all of our customers were out of town. Nobody mm-hmm. was from a very few video sure. stores. I mean, there were three or four, but we <laughs> yeah. were serving thousands. Yeah. And so our customers were small business owners, Right. but... The people that we purchased the product from and mm-hmm. had the relationship, we were a distributor for these major companies. Right, they were um, all out of town as well. Mm-hmm. So, once again, this creating a relationship, a personal going yeah. out and meeting with them, visiting with them, having them come here to see our operation. Yeah, it just meant um, meant a lot more. It ma- yeah. made for the success. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, and so, you know, this may be a slightly more difficult um, uh, challenge for many of us. But, you know, as we look through all these different areas that you've served and and founding members of things, um, uh, are there any things that over the years you've had to say no to? Uh, obviously when you get involved and engaged in the community like that you kind of become a target you know people know hey this is someone that loves to serve and so we're going to go to them um, how do you know when to say no now's not the right time for me to to serve in that capacity well
1: it is difficult to t- say no to somebody especially yeah. when it's a one off gig let's say you know we we're having our annual dinner you're really funny. Let could, would you be our MC. Right. So that's really not difficult to say <laughs> yes to in most cases. But you um I think two things. One, if you can't do that mm-hmm. or it it's you don't have time to do it, telling them no is important. Yeah. Being on a board and just listening to what's going on isn't worth your while and it's not worth their while. Exactly. Yeah. You really need to focus on what you have a passion for. Mm -hmm. When someone asked me to emcee and I couldn't do it or I didn't have time to do it, uh, I would always offer a couple of other suggestions to them because they're new at this and they don't know who else to call. And so I always tried to help them with that respect. Yeah. Um, But saying no is important. Yeah. Um, I wasn't asked so many times that I had to say no very often. Mm -hmm. But to some projects I did because I, tried to prioritize what I was doing and make mm-hmm. sure that we were accomplishing the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. One of the things about Friday After Five that I'm probably most proud of is that we got ju- younger business people, yeah. young professionals involved. They would come on as a volunteer first. Mm-hmm. They'd realize this is... You know, 16 Fridays in a row is a lot to ask from you. Of yeah. course, it was kind of a party, but yeah. there was a lot of work to get lot, all the absolutely. bands booked and all that. Yeah. So they would be a volunteer. Then they'd be a producer at one of the venues. Mm-hmm. Then a co-chair. Then chair. Then they would go to our board of directors mm-hmm. for two or three years. And then we'd kick them off. Mm-hmm. we say, you know, you learned a lot here. Now go to another nonprofit oh, and mm-hmm. help them. Yeah. Um, And so it was a great stepping stone for Mm -hmm. people. Uh, One young individual that I remember the first day I met him, he works for a bank here. He was brand new, Mm -hmm. um, was dating a girl, uh, wanted to get involved. Well, long story short, it's eight years later. He went through our whole process, became our chair on the board. He's off the board now. Mm -hmm. Now he's the head of uh, the chamber, um, young professionals, the entire organization with like 250 members. Yeah. And to imagine Andrew in that position eight years ago would be difficult because <laughs> yeah. he was a shy, yeah. you know, you you're just don't want to bust out right. and be a know-it-all. When you, mm-hmm. And so it was a great learning procedure, <laughs> l- learning opportunity for him. And yeah. he, he's one of many that have come through, quote, the Friday After Five family and yeah. now helping in other ways. Yeah
0: you know there's there's a really great tip in that Kirk and, and I hope people really picked up on that because I know that um, oftentimes you know having served on served on different nonprofit boards there there sometimes is a mentality even of the board that um, you know we really we need you we need you you got to stay here you got to stay here and so recognizing that opportunity to help someone launch and let's you know what you gained here is really going to help another nonprofit i think that the, the the beautiful thing about that is just understanding, um, the community within the nonprofit space. And, and, you know, that, that it is as those nonprofits, and we are so incredibly blessed in, in this community to have a lot of nonprofits that serve a lot of different needs, um, whether it be, you know, social or, or, um, or otherwise. And, um, the willingness to help out the other nonprofits and understand we're all kind of in that same struggle I think is really good and very insightful of uh, Friday After Five to be able to help them go serve other organizations and take those skills that they've learned and um, instead of just trying to kind of hold on to those people to say, no, we need you right. here. We can't let you go anywhere else and let them take what, you, what you've what you learned.
1: And those, you know, the the relationships that you made with uh, a bank because Andrew worked at a bank, so I got to know his boss really well. Mm-hmm. So when it comes back to, well, listen, we're on a fundraising mission to light the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's to already know him and to mm-hmm. for him to know you right. uh, really makes a big difference sure. in helping. You attain your goals as he has his own goals too, mm-hmm. from a nonprofit and community aspect as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it you can make a huge difference. You don't have to do everything; just yeah. do something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great advice there. Um, well, before we head out, Kirk, one one final question for you. Um, you know, we listed a lot of things. You've been involved in a lot of things. You've you've received a lot of honors and been recognized uh, for doing so much is there any is there any one thing that kind of stands back I mean as you look back now and you you obviously are certainly still very involved and engaged but as you kind of look back over the last um, uh, you know 40 ish years of, of your involvement is there any one thing that that kind of stands out as the one that um, you want to make sure that the grandkids are aware like look look what granddad did look this was an honor that was really important to me you know I,
1: I... <laughs> I guess I'm just kind of over that. Mm-hmm. I The awards and recognition was were great. Yeah. And I would not, I, I am very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. But for the last truly 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. it's like, let's shine the light on these people that are really up and coming. Give them that mm-hmm. uh, extra boost of confidence yeah. Yeah. and support tell them that they're doing Mm -hmm. well here and that we need more of this. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think what I'm most proud of, I guess, is our community itself. Because beyond just the few projects that I've been involved with, there have been scores of other projects. Um, You just go on and on, private and public, Mm -hmm. that have made this community... Um, a wonderful place to raise your family. Yeah, uh, We have, one, we're one of the few communities of 100,000 or so that is increasing in population. Most mm-hmm. cities our size or smaller are going backwards. Yeah. And that's because I think of the um Amenities, You know, mm-hmm. we have a symphony orchestra, we have a performing arts center. We do have Friday After Five, a l- large number of festivals mm-hmm. and community gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of the amenities of a larger city yeah. with all of the benefits of a community that's yeah. very tied yeah. in. Hey, we have our challenges, but I think sure. each one of these um, uh, new additions that we have does something to bring our community back together. Mm -hmm. It's so refreshing to go to Friday after five and no one's talking politics (laughs) and no one is yelling and Mm -hmm. screaming. They are really there to enjoy each other and their family. It's difficult, and I told Andrew this and I tell every chairman at the end of every year, it's Labor Day weekend, it's the last one, and I said, I know you think you didn't get paid, for your volunteer work this year, yeah. but I want you to stand on this stage and look out over this crowd of mm. about 1,500, 2,000 people and know that you're responsible for those smiles that they mm. have on their face. A there's a payment there, there's a reward that truly is greater than a paycheck. Yeah, And yeah. everyone can experience that if they just find something that they're kind of passionate about mm. and make a difference. It, yeah. It's easier than you think. Impossible dreams can come true. Mm-hmm. None of these, if you had told me 15 years ago, would be at this size or extent, mm-hmm. I truly would have believed.
0: Yeah. Well, Kirk, thank you so much. I mean, not only um, you know for everything you've done in the community that I have the privilege of raising my family in, but um, thank you for sharing your story and sharing this information. And, and I hope that what um, the audience is able to pull from this is just how important and how beneficial it is to get involved and get engaged and support the community that you're in. Whatever community that is, whatever size it is, find a place uh, and a space that you are passionate about so that you too can give back to your community. Um, And uh, uh, there, there is a, a reward there that it's hard to quantify. It's hard to write down on paper what that reward will look like, but um, but it's so important that we give back to our community and be involved and engaged. So I hope we've encouraged you to do that. Certainly, uh, as you all have any questions, feel free to reach out and um, uh, you know to just maybe sometimes people wonder, how do I know where to get involved? Well, there are ways and we can help you do that. So um, whatever community you're in, please find ways to get involved, get engaged. Kirk, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story.
1: Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thanks.
0: Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes and until next time, make it a great day.